Welcome back to Beyond the Noise. It's 2023, which is one year more than the last time we spoke to each other. <laughs> it right? was, yeah. If you do the maths. But where the hell have you been? Uh, we went away, you and I. We went to, to Bali with some friends. That was fun. Um, and then we returned. And then we returned. And then we got sick. Yeah, I got, pretty, I got the Bali belly, so I was pretty unwell for a few weeks. And then we just needed a break from everyone and everything. Yeah, plus I got the flu, so oh. uh, it was time to just recoup and, and re- refresh the mind, and, and here we are again. That's enough excuses for why we've been procrastinating. How are you, my friend? I'm good, I'm good. Before we get stuck into this, uh, I had, actually had a few people re- reach out to me over this period asking me, where have these podcasts been? I had three... Very special people that, that reached out to me or somehow made it known to me. I'll were be honest. special before this or yes. were they special because of this? No, they've, they've always been special to me. Oh. Uh, I didn't really mention this to you. What do the names rhyme with? <laughs> I'll leave that out now, but I, I didn't really mention this to you properly, but I was actually second guessing whether I wanted to go ahead with this mm. uh, at the risk of offending you on live television. Um, oh, that's quite okay. <laughs> But uh, but honestly, these people reaching out reminded me that this is, uh, is this is actually reaching people. It's something that people enjoy. So I'm, I'm, I feel rejuvenated. I'm ready to get started. Hopefully, you're feeling the same. You know, someone uh, someone once said, I think it was Abraham Lincoln, if many people aren't listening, at least one is. Or... I like that. Also, was that really Abraham Lincoln? Yeah, not even remotely close. <laughs> and I basically ruined the entire quotation. So, um... Nonetheless, the message is taken. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Bro, so so tell me about your week. How have you been and tell me a bit about your week? Um, I've been good. It's, uh, it's the first week of Lent, mm. which is a Christian celebration of suffering. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. I guess that's not what it is really. I mm. mean, you know, but that's, that's what it feels for me, mm. uh, Christian. Well, nah. So what, what do you mean suffering? What are you doing for this? Nah, in reality, to me, Lent is a time of reflection and a time of uh, self-refinement, both in terms of improving who you are as a person and improving your relationship with your diet of choice. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Diet of choice. Interesting. Okay. Is it pronounced diety or deity? Oh, I'm not sure. I think it's deity of choice. Mm, mm. Yeah. So tell me about what what are you doing then? So, so, So... as most people know, Lent is a time of, they call it mortification or a time of dying to oneself, taking on uh, little practices that help us I will answer bring that. out the best in ourselves. Tell me what you're doing. I will answer that, Roy, but I'm going to, before I forget, it's actually, it, it struck the thought when I said diet, deity of choice. Because one would think, why would any other deity care about Lent? But uh, Lent isn't necessarily, I think there's a, Lent is something a lot of people can take from, you know. Um, and it's not just something for Catholics to get closer with God. It's a, it's a time of, you know, self-development. Mm, mm. But um, I'll answer your question before we, before we circle back to that. What have I been doing this Lent? Um, I have a few weaknesses. Some are inappropriate, so I won't mention them. <laughs> but the rest involve foods and Coca-Cola, which is... If Coca-Cola was a female, I would... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, was, <laughs> I was conscious that we had yeah, yeah. primary school distance potentially. Okay. Listening, going for Coca-Cola is good yeah. and I'll drink it any day of the week. And that's one thing that I've decided to sacrifice this Lenten journey. And I'm also, as a Catholic, I, I'm trying to attempt 
I'm not trying to attempt. I'm attempting to go to daily mass. I like that. But only the 28-minute one at St. Michael's because any longer and <laughs> they'll lose my attention. So would you say in a way you're, you're going to, into the presence of Jesus every day, saying hi, listening to, to him speak? That is, that is the main thing. I guess the main reason, but I think an equally as important reason for myself is that I'm doing something that is difficult for me. Mm. And mm. I think, that's, isn't that the core of a lot of our Lenten practices, mm. doing something difficult? Yeah, yeah. But why do we do things that are difficult? No, that's well, that's, that's, I was just about to, to ask you that question. As, as most of our listeners know, and if you don't, we're, we're obviously Maronite Catholics. We like to think for the most part we're practicing. If... Uh, whatever that means to, to different people. But I guess to us, it means that it's, it's an important aspect and dimension of our lives. It's something we think about and try and, try and live out in, in relationship with God. All that aside... I would like to actually answer the question, whatever that means, in regards to practicing. <laughs> All right, go. So I can come back to my point. If you're practicing something, it means you're not perfect at it. Ah, I like that. And often, you know, some people who are not as uh, engulfed in the church as we are would say, you know, Christians are hypocrites because they go to church and they're against all these things and yet, yet they sin. And I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's actually not a hypocrite. That's called a human. Mm. And to be a Christian means to practice Christianity and to mm. practice something means to keep doing it until you're perfect at it. And you may never achieve that perfection, but you know, that's the point of practice. That's very yeah, true. I man. am a practicing Catholic. I like that. In very the much. same way that I'm a practicing best friend to you. Because <laughs> often you. I fail at that. That's okay. But we I keep practicing. We don't need to hear that. <laughs> okay, friend, we don't need it. <laughs> bro, so I, I appreciate that. So where I was going was uh, obviously with all that into consideration, we're trying to take this Lent pretty seriously. Mm. I've found it's been a bit of a struggle for me. Uh, there's a lot of things that I've let go of and a lot of things I'm taking up. Uh, but one of the things that struck me automatically straight away, it's been three or four days since Ash Monday, was I, I have very little distraction. I don't, I'm not on my phone. I'm not, uh, for the most part, watching TV. I'm not enjoying snacks or takeaway or any of these. I'm, and the point of all this is not to boast or to share what I'm doing. I, I just, don't think you're boasting. Thank you. And I hope my listeners don't think the same as well. But I do, uh, I do recognize straight away that I'm actually, it's almost as if by, by not distracting myself enough, and by facing my reality properly in my, in my presence and my thoughts, I'm, I'm left to challenge some of the deeper, the deeper questions I have in my own life, the deeper struggles and the deeper thoughts that bug me. Wow. So dare I say you're removing the noise and looking into literally, what's beyond it. Literally beyond the noise, yes. Wow. And it's actually been terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. There's been some very, very crazy revelations. To think three or four days, you might think this is just a fluke or beginner's luck. Yeah, yeah. But it's something you know about myself that for a while I've practice these kind of habits so i know for the most part it's not a fluke these things do happen but it's actually scary it's like it's almost as if there are deeper things that i have been and i'd say most people uh run away from for such a long time we run away from having to face our deeper problems whether it be our deep desire for control yeah yeah whether it's trying to uh to hide our insecurities or our shame whatever it is there's something going on beyond or even just the things that we don't want to face because we they cause us anxiety yeah and so I guess the core message of what you're saying to me is that Lent could be a time of removing these distractions so you could really heal and focus on the things that make you broken. Mm, mm. Wow. Brother, there's a story I want to share with you. And mm. I don't know if you were there, but it was a few years ago. We went out with some friends to a drive towards the kind of semi-rural areas. So, um, Jural. <laughs> I think Gl- it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Jural, Glenori. 
Um, so we parked on the side to look at the stars outside because yeah, yeah. there's less lighting out there. The stars are so much more visible. And I kid you not, I remember all our other friends were like in complete awe how nice the stars were and how immersed they were in the experience. I remember I didn't even realise or recognise the beauty of the stars at all until maybe 20 minutes or half an hour later. And I remember leaving thinking, that's very odd. And I- maybe I should have left that sausage roll at home. <laughs> no, well, it's odd because it made me think that I, I actually believe that where what stops us from enjoying the presence, the presence, so the company of our friends, the beautiful nature that we're in, what stops us from appreciating these things is these distraction, distractive thoughts that we're not tackling. So wow. by, by me sitting in my room trying to tackle the deeper problems and issues and whatever it is that I believe it's in my life, I, I think it eventually it, you can let go of them so you can actually start to enjoy the presence. I think it's the thief of enjoying the presence. Wow. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I see it all around, all around me and I personally suffer from it because whenever I have a thought of something that I don't want to face, what do I do? Open up Instagram mm. and start looking at other people's lives, making me more miserable and it's just a vicious cycle. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, being in the moment is very important. It's kind of like I was at a wedding last weekend and the bride and groom entered at the reception and there was at least 75 people holding their phones up in the air, just not being in the moment. They were focused on... You know, recording it and whatnot. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's, it's a bit toxic. Mm. Um, but something I think we should really delve into, which I alluded to at the beginning, is uh, what's the point of giving things up? Because some people will think, some people are kind of like, they're, they're obsessed with the rules. Oh, you know, we have to do this and do that. But it's, it's not really about that, is it? No, no, no. So what do you think? What's your... Well, I think the... I think fasting... And abstinence, abstaining from things that you that you love, or fasting from things that you love, um, it's not. What else do you do? You know, for the Lord. I ultimately, I don't believe the Lord needs us to do anything for Him. No, know? no. Uh, I think if the Lord asks something, or the church asks something from us, it's for our own benefit. Mm. And that's something you actually taught me a while ago, and I, it's really the prism that I look at everything now. But I think the point of abstaining and and fasting is to refine us as humans. Mm. And if we give up small things, it will help us in tackling the bigger addictions mm. in our lives. Yeah. Um, and addictions aren't necessarily things that are like, you know, substances and drugs mm. and alcohol. You know, there's, there's other types of addictions. Um, ways of thought, for example. Ways of thought, um, uh, you know, behaviors, mm. lustful or otherwise, uh, addictions to food. But, you know, by starting small and... Uh, I guess disciplining yourself you're, you're building your ability to fight temptation mm. and you're, and that refines you as a person mm. and I think that's what Lent is about a uh, t- time to step back and refine who you are so you can be a better Christian and ultimately what does it mean to what does it mean to be a better Christian again it means to be able to love those around you better yeah, yeah. and if we could summarize Lent in a nutshell or if I could summarize it my perspective would be Lent is a time of self-refinement that allows you to love those around you better. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. There's another... I wanna, it's, it's, a, it's kind of another point that interlinks with all that. Uh, obviously, Lent is... I'd say Lent, the experience of the whole Lent is like a tree with many fruits. So there's many fruits. There isn't just one. Another fruit that I've been thinking about lately a lot uh, was gratitude. I've felt in my own life because of how comfortable things have been for the most part. I'm very blessed, thank God. Come from a good family, comfortable family, enough that 
I never had, I never questioned uh, my own comfort as being something like a gift from God. Uh, nor, for example, with my relationships. So to the point where sometimes I could, I, I, could, I could have become arrogant with with expecting that my parents do things for me or expecting that my friends do things for me. All this, it's almost I read from a book. It's like you, we put divine expectations. On the yes. people and on, on the earth around us and on God, as if I deserve this or I deserve that. One of the things I think Lent does is by stripping us away from the pleasures and the things that we really, really enjoy, I think it humbles you and grounds you, brings you back to the realisation that we're made from dust and it allows you to be grateful for the small things like a cup of tea or the small things like sitting down or like eating, yeah, even wow. if it's so simple as, as bread and olives. Wow. Gratitude, I, I believe absolutely that today in society... There is a spiritual sickness, and that is yeah. that is ingratitude. Yeah, but what what would be causing? I don't know if we've discussed this before, but what would what do you think is causing the lack of gratitude in the world today? Yeah, we, I think we might have discussed this. One of the things I definitely can see in front of me, at least, or in my own life, it's relevant that things. It's no longer the fight for survival anymore. Like for probably probably thousands of years, people fought for survival, to eat, to drink, to have. Uh, to have shelter even something as small as the other day yesterday I think it was I walked into Marrickville shops it was bucketing down outside and I thought how brilliant is this that no water will seep into this building yeah, right. that for me is just absolutely it puzzles me and we take it for granted in, the past, for granted in the past for rains you get wet yeah yeah and now you can be dry when it's raining so we've moved from that from, from surviving and I think because of that comfort we're left with a lot of questions existential questions like yeah, wow. why am I here and uh and the world isn't answering them properly. Yeah. Which is why yeah. people are going to all these crazy places now. Mm, mm. Like bondage bears and weird shit like that. <laughs> well, what do you think? Why do you think there's a lack of in, uh, gratitude? I would agree with you. I think there's too much comfort. Uh, not that comfort is a good thing, but too much comfort where people forget um, the troubles of the past and the, the bad times, um, that creates weak men. Mm, mm. And weak men create bad times. You mentioned that cycle. Do you want to clarify that quote? Yeah, so basically, uh, good times create um, weak men. Weak men create bad times. Bad times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a cycle. And I think in the world today, we're at good times creating weak men. And we mm-hmm. can see that there's a crisis in masculinity. Mm-hmm. Men aren't being men. So I think maybe as a challenge to our male listeners... Um, be more manly this Lent <laughs> yeah yeah alright bro so on a lighter note uh, we've spoken about the deeper stuff let's talk about uh, what you've been eating during Lent how's that been has that been a struggle and what have you come up with yeah I mean I'm, I'm off meat this week but not off dairy mm-hmm. uh, well actually I tried to be off dairy until I reached an, an impasse on Tuesday <laughs> Yeah, tell us about that. And I was making a pasta bake and I had those pre-made pasta bake jars. I know it's mm. a shameful that I'm using something pre-made, but sometimes you need something quick. I don't, I don't need to justify myself. No. Anyway, and I was reading the ingredients and one of the cans had 1% bacon mm. and the other percent had 2, 2% mozzarella. So I had to email my priest friends to, to <laughs> seek guidance on what was... Worse, 1% bacon or 2% mozzarella. And I think we established that the 1% bacon was worse than the 2% it was, was it? mozzarella. Yeah. Why? Because of the number? Well, according to the Roman Catholic uh, statistics of <laughs> culinary Lenten practice, <laughs> the 
1% bacon is worse. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a whole blog on this, isn't there? A whole study. There is, there is. <laughs> people people study this for years and years. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I had some... Uh, I went to the shops again today. I bought this random... Uh, it was in a package, like a couscous salad with raspberry and turmeric. I don't know what half, half of those things are. I don't know what couscous or turmeric is. <laughs> and why well, was there raspberry? Couscous and turmeric seem like savoury. I things. have no idea. I think it was just because it lacks so much Bro, flavor. where did you buy this from? Newtown? <laughs> it was Woolworths, Marrickville, actually. So I, I, I picked it up and I started to, Because I'm unfamiliar with the whole vegan thing, apart from Lent, it said plant-based, but I wasn't sure that it actually meant vegan. So I actually went up to the lady and said, does plant-based mean vegan? She's like, well, yeah, they all come from plants. I said, all right, thank yeah. you. Uh, you know, this is actually a, a marketing scheme by the vegans <laughs> to make us accept them more. <laughs> plant, say, plant-based seems less aggressive and yeah. ideological. Yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah. friendly like, and nice. Ve- vegan meat? No. <laughs> plant-based meat? Yeah. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. That's exactly how I felt. So those manipulating vegans, <laughs> death to plant-based meats. You know what? It was it was nice. So I'm very happy about that. But um, bro, we are we should tell the listeners a little bit about our trip to Bali. So me, as I mentioned earlier, me, you, and a couple of friends, a few friends, went to Bali. Yeah. That was a very fun experience. I, I I I laughed a lot, and it came a lot because of your interactions with the world. But first, tell me what you what you thought about Bali, and and what was the most memorable moment? Say. I bathed in a waterfall, which really shook me, um, mm. both physically and <laughs> uh, spiritually, I yeah, think. Yeah. Uh, which one more? Probably spiritually. Just the strength and the intensity of a waterfall. Mm. Um, there's something just spiritual about it. And it really, mm. like, you feel connected with the earth. And it's mm. just so strong and powerful. It's kind of like why people always propose at Niagara Falls when they're on that boat. Mm. You probably have no idea what I'm talking Absolutely about. Absolutely not. But yeah. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but the waterfall was my highlight. Um, I would say I enjoyed the food, but it nearly killed me. Right? Mm-hmm. It nearly killed me. Um, there was a few nights where fluids were coming from every, er, leaving every orifice of my body. <laughs> I know because we were actually in the same uh, in the same room, and you were struggling a lot. You yeah, were, you were making yeah. a lot of noises at night. But Bali belly, Bali belly, which oh, is much no. worse than Delhi belly from my oh, Indian adventures. My goodness gracious, that was. Uh, I, but something I learned about the Balinese is uh, they're very tricky in trying to sell, sell you things. Because mm-hmm. I remember we tried to go to this huge temple thing yeah. um, that the guy tried to convince me it cost 80 billion to build, which was not true at all. <laughs> this is JPD of Bali. Yeah, because inside, while well, everyone was looking at the, the rich history of how it was built, you were on your phone saying, bro, this guy's wrong. It doesn't cost that much. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really had my priorities in check. Disproving the yeah. tour guide. Yeah. Um, but to get up there to that big statue, the lady said, I asked the lady how much for our group. And she's like, $40 a person that gets you entry, a little tram ride there, whatever, whatever. And you get a free drink. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, you get a free drink. Yeah. You don't have to pay for it. I'm like, what the hell do you mean I don't have to pay for it? I'm paying you 40 Australian dollars, which in Bali is a gross amount of money because everything's so cheap. And she's, she just, she started laughing because she knew she was trying to bamboozle me. She was a hoodwinker, a charlatan, if I may. So I think I laughed the most at that that exact scenario than anywhere else in Bali. I'll, just to let you know, guys, I was in absolute stitches because Nathan's face and his tone, uh, the way he was speaking, was like, "What do you mean it's for free? We're paying you forty dollars. How is that a free drink?" It's not. Nothing was free about that drink. <laughs> then there was no free lunch as well, which is a metaphor for a free lunch. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, every, Bali is actually a good place to go. It's close to Australia. It's, it's, it's very cheap. You can mm. choose to eat for 
less than 50 cents or you can do what we do and choose to eat for $100, which is <laughs> completely absurd and can probably be feed 100 civilians for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can, you know, spend $300 ahead and go to that beach club that all the Australians love. Fins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a side note, I, 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 when we were at this Finns beach club, I had, I had an assessment due. I don't know if I told you the entire story, but I, so I brought... I took your iPad. Yeah. No, you didn't know because I took your iPad. I bring my iPad to every beach. Into <laughs> I took I took your iPad and I went to uh, the kind of cafe part of this beach club. Apparently, best beach club in the world. And my essay was something like, "Who is God to you?" So I found it so ironic that I was sitting there writing an essay about who is God to me. Probably the only person in the, in the history of Finns. Of history of Finns and of all in, entire all ro- beach club <laughs> and of all humans roaming the earth who was writing a theology essay while at, at, at a beach club, but. I must say that was a, a pretty a pretty fun beach club. Good yeah. service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other memorable stories? Um, not that come to mind, uh, but it was great. Yeah, it was great. Mm. Um, I think we should wrap it up. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. It was a very Lenten intense session today. It was also unprepared. We didn't prepare on it. Completely unprepared. And to be honest, it, it just came about that it matched the title of our podcast, Beyond the Noise, the whole talking yeah. about. So tell us what you think. Did you like the style of today? Should we rewind back to the weeks before? Uh, whatever. You're, you're the bosses here. And in your silence, as I, was, as I was saying, in your silence, I think it's really, really good uh, to, to listen to what's Beyond the Noise. Beyond the Noise. I like that little cheeky thing. All right. Have a good week and... Stuff, yeah, bye.